0: Well, I want to welcome you today to the Hills Church at Home. Whether you are listening by our podcast or you're watching by video, so glad that you are a part. In fact, if you go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, you can download today's message notes. And you can also download the kids' activity sheet. If you happen to find yourselves a couple weeks behind and you'd like the notes and you don't see them on our website, you can go ahead and email us, info at hillschurcharcadia.org. Just let us know the, the date of the one that you watch, and we'll make sure to get you those notes. always important that you go back over these scriptures and allow the Holy Spirit uh, to speak to you. Well, my message titled today, and yes, it is true. Are you ready for this one? Uh, cock-a-doodle-doo. In fact, maybe say that with me. Cock-a-doodle-doo. And you might think, you may have just woke up. Well, I want to look today, we're going to look end up at Peter and the rooster crowing uh, three times. And so some of us live in neighborhoods where we hear that that sound early in the morning before the sun has come up, and we know the sound of a rooster crowing. Well, I want to look at that today. In fact, really, the uh, title that we want to look at today comes out of Jesus's message. We've looked at it the last couple of weeks. In fact, last week we were in John chapter three, where Nicodemus, uh, the Pharisee, one of the rulers of the Jewish people, came by night and asked Jesus. Really, it came down to that part about salvation. But let's start at Mark chapter one, verse fourteen, uh, verse fourteen through fifteen. In fact, it says this. Now, after John, talking about John the Baptist, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at that. In fact, um, John taught about repentance, but Jesus is going to talk about repentance. And um, what's interesting, even when we're asked the question, we need to remember in order to be born again, after you confess Jesus as Lord, one of the things that you do is you confess your sins to God so that you are forgiven. In fact, Jesus said, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. You know, the Apostle Paul, in fact, it's it's mentioned in the writings of Luke in the book of Acts, that it was said this way, truly times of ignorance God overlooked, but now God commands men everywhere to repent. He overlooked ignorance, but now he commands men everywhere to repent. You know, when uh, when our kids were young and they would have arguments, we would sit them face to face. We would have them uh, apologize and ask for forgiveness. And what's always interesting with kids is they immediately say sorry. And we you always knew that they weren't sorry. They just wanted to get it done and move on. And so what we used to do is, uh, is have them say what they were sorry for, and then they would forgive one another. Well, you know, it happens as we get older with even adults, if we're having an issue with the spouse, that we can quickly say sorry, but we didn't forgive them. In fact, sometimes later we bring things up. Well, that's not forgiveness. You know, every once in a while, it, it, if we're having an argument, we go to bed. I remember that verse, and I'll say it. The Bible says, don't let the son... Go down on your wrath. That never seems to go over good, though. But something about repentance, you know, it's hard for people. And that's because pride comes into where we don't feel that we've done any wrong. We feel like we're doing all the right things. And yet Jesus, one of his teaching was that uh, we would repent. It's mentioned in Acts that all men would repent. In fact, it's a very healthy thing to so look at ourselves every day and like I've been mentioning last couple of weeks when you put your head on the pillow at night and you replay your entire day is there anything that between you and the Lord before you go to sleep that you need to make right and repent of there's nothing more powerful than a person that is humble and repents Because the Lord honors that. In fact, we're going to look at that uh, a little bit today. The Lord honors that. Well, let me pull this out. I thought this was interesting for us to look at too. Then what is repentance? Jesus taught it. Apostle Paul taught it. We see it all through uh, Bible characters in the Old Testament and New Testament. In fact, I thought of this. Repentance is not a word of weakness. That's what we think. The weak people have to say they're sorry. The strong people just plow through. No, repentance is not a word of weakness. It's a word of power, and it's a word of action. It's somebody that's disciplined. In fact, let's take it that next step. It's the follower of Jesus who is submitted to him, who has been taught and empowered by the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. The moment something happens... Something comes over them to where they are quick to repent. They are quick to be humble before the Lord. They're quick to apologize, and that shows power and that shows action according to the word of God. In fact, interesting, listen to this verse, and we use this a lot of times. In fact, when we pray for healing, Personally, when we pray for healing over people, uh, a scripture that becomes one that we remember is this, First Peter two twenty four, who himself bore our sins in his own body on a tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness. But here's what we quote. By whose stripes you were healed. Let's go back to the beginning of that verse. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sin might live for righteousness. The whole first part or even three quarters of that verse has to do with acknowledging sin, confessing sin, knowing that our sins Jesus bore on his own body, crucified on the cross so that we can live in right standing with him by whose stripes you were healed. Hey, let me let you know this, forgiveness, repentance, uh, humbling, acknowledging it before the Lord brings healing to your body, brings healing to your body. So what we also read that becomes really interesting and powerful is this, when we read about, I get asked this a lot, so uh, what, what do people know in heaven? What are they aware of? Well, we go back to this verse, Luke chapter 15. Verses seven and 10, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 90 just persons who needs no repentance. Likewise, I say to you, there is more joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner that does what? Repents. So what did the beginning of that verse say? There's joy in heaven over the repentance of a sinner more than 99 just persons that need no repentance. So think of that almost like I go through the entire day without having to confess a sin and you think heaven would be excited. You know what they're excited about? When somebody acknowledges and repents before the Lord. That's powerful, but that's what Jesus taught. He taught to repent and to follow the gospel. Yo, know, in a very familiar story, uh, which uh, take this verse and allow it to frame an image on the inside of you and also in your thoughts, how God operates. In fact, it's the, the prodigal son. In fact, we know that the prodigal son did wasteful living He demanded his inheritance. He demanded it from his father. He took it and he wasted it all on prodigal living, living for the flesh. He's now down and out and he's feeding pigs and the only food that he's got is pig food. And he knows and he comes to himself that even his servants in his father's house have it better than him. So when he comes home, in fact, we read this. We read this uh, example of the reaction of his father that spent all of the inheritance, everything that the father had worked for and saved to give to his son. The son wasted it. And yet we read this, Luke 15, 21 through 24. And the son of man said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and earth. And in your sight, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they begin to be merry. You know, I love the part of the, what the son's, request to the father was, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. You'll notice in reading this proverb, uh, or that Jesus said that this parable, that the father didn't even respond to that question. The father goes right on and has the son restored the robe, the ring, the sandals, a celebration. My son was lost. And now he's found. You know, it's interesting. The father didn't add up all that was wasted. When the son came home and repented, the son was put back into his place as son. In fact, you can read on how the other son reacts. Would you get an image on the inside of you if that's how Father God responds to when we repent, when we take care of things? It's getting back in like we read in First Peter. We're living in that righteousness. Well, I was thinking about, in fact, we're going to look at Peter, that's that's the whole topic for the cockadoodle do is the rooster that crows three times. All throughout the Bible, I would encourage you to go through. in fact, it's an interesting study. You can go through the Bible, and in the Old Testament, you can pull out Jacob, who we know Jacob was a deceiver, deceived the blessing from his father, disguising himself as his brother Esau, having his mother make a soup putting on the fake goat's hair, so he would uh, feel and smell just like his brother. He deceived the birthright, the blessing. He was a deceiver, a trickster, and yet God uh, was able to take him because he was repentant and followed the Lord, took his name, Jacob, turned it to Israel, and Israel became an ancestor of the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. You know, we go through the Bible, and we think of David, in fact, I'd have to think for just a minute, but I don't think there's one worse than David. David is referred to as a man after God's own heart. Yet David found himself when things were good in the kingdom, and he should have been, the Bible starts with, he should have been out in with the army fighting the battles, but he stayed back at the palace. And he went out in the cool of the evening on the rooftop, and he observed uh, a young woman bathing. In fact, one of the things we know about David, David fell into lust. David fell into adultery. David did a premeditated murder, a cover up. In fact, when the prophet Nathan came and addressed him, he got angry uh, because Nathan framed this illustration of what somebody did. And he was angry at the person and wanted to take it out on him. But Nathan said, You're that man. Yet David came humble before the Lord. In fact, that's where we read with a broken and contrite spirit, you will not despise. Well, there's not a probably a worse one than David. Lust, adultery, premeditated murder, a cover up, anger. And yet his heart, he's a man after God's own heart. He repented before the Lord. Well, I want to look for a minute at, at Peter now. Remember, as we get into Peter, I just want to pull out a few verses. Peter was a fisherman. Peter and his brother Andrew were called to follow Jesus by Jesus. In fact, uh, we know that Peter follows. We know, in fact, we, we don't know really what Peter looks like, but as a fisherman, we know by his actions, he's kind of one of those bold, brash figures. He's always speaking up. He wants to step out. He wants to do things. He wants to walk on water because Jesus is walking on water. Uh, He's one of the three, Peter, James, and John, one of the closest that of the 12, Jesus would pull the three and one of them was Peter. And yet we read things where Jesus talked about, in fact, he was very open with the disciples that the time was now coming that he would be turned over to the chief priests and that he would be crucified and died. In fact, Peter says this in Matthew chapter 15, Peter took Jesus aside and rebuked him, saying, far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. But this is talking about Jesus, but he turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. Peter rebuked Jesus for what Jesus said. Yeah, you, know, you gotta admire Peter. Peter's the guy that at the prayer meeting, he's got the concealed sword and he's gonna cut the guy's ear off. Peter's gonna jump in the crowd. you know, Jesus is gonna, you know, be arrested. He's ready to defend Jesus. Well, he's gonna defend Jesus. He's not gonna let Jesus die. And yet Jesus turns to him and he knows, he says, "Get behind me, Satan." He knew he knew that Peter was getting influenced by something else. Peter was always stepping in. In fact, that's where um, Jesus mentions that Peter is going to deny Jesus three times before the rooster crows. Cock-a-doo-doo, right? I don't even say that right. I want you to think about Judas for a minute. Judas betrayed. Jesus by 30 pieces of silver. In fact then he led that group into the Garden of Gethsemane and he betrayed Jesus with a kiss. He didn't deny that Jesus was Lord. he betrayed Jesus. In fact, Judas could have easily repented of what he did. you know really all he did was he was he sold Jesus out. it was a prophetic thing but we know that Peter's was different because Peter denied the Lord. Let me read this in Matthew 10, Here's Jesus's words. Whoever denies me before men, I will deny him before my father who is in heaven. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father in heaven. So Judas sold Jesus out, He didn't need to commit suicide, could have repented later. Do you remember uh, early on in the scriptures, the 12 were called apostles. Judas was an apostle, but Judas committed suicide. Thomas, talk about uh, of the two things that Jesus teaches, faith and unbelief, great faith Jesus saw in a centurion, That knew Jesus was a man of authority. He didn't need Jesus to come to his home. He just needed Jesus to speak a word. Jesus also referred to uh, unbelief. You couldn't believe people's unbelief that they wouldn't believe. Thomas, one of the 12, an apostle said with his mouth after reports of Jesus being resurrected, that unless I take my finger and I put it through the nail scars in his hand, unless I take my hand and I put it into his side where the spear pierced him, I will not believe. Talk about crazy unbelief. But if you deny Jesus, Jesus will deny you. In fact, that's what happened to Peter. Peter denied Jesus not just one time. You know, you think you'd do it one time and, and you correct it. He didn't just do it two times. In fact, a third time, the Bible says, if you read different translations, it seemed to be that it was a, a young girl and Peter cursed her, cursed at her. So I always think that he cussed at some little girl and denied Jesus. In fact, we read this in Matthew 26, 75. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus who had said, before the rooster crows, cock a doo doo -doo, right? You will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. You know, some of the other uh, translations that I was reading, it was crying uncontrollably, complete breakdown. You know, I get this image of Peter now alone by himself, And you know, when people cry, uh, there's that like that shaking and those tears streaming down his face and probably into his beard, is he just knew what he did is he denied Jesus. He denied Jesus. You know, one of the things that we read about uh, Peter later, and you can look at it in John 21, Peter went fishing. But there's a difference in this fishing from being at a shore and casting a net, from being out on a boat, casting a net. In fact, it really looks like, I always have looked at it this way, in all indications, it probably shows us that though Peter was one of the ones that ran, uh, if you remember, he ran to the tomb, He was one of the ones that were told to go tell the others. You know, they saw the tomb was empty, the clothes were folded up. Uh, He was still struggling. In fact, we read in John 21 he went fishing. All indications probably show us that he could have been leaning to go back to what he had done three and a half years ago about being a fisherman. Yet Peter didn't go to Jesus, Jesus went to Peter. In fact, Jesus' words Jesus is at the seashore and He knows they're out on the board, and he calls for them. Have you caught anything? And there's that powerful story of them casting the net on the other side of the boat, and Peter, recognizing that it's the Lord Jesus, puts his coat on, jumps in the water, swims to the shore, and Jesus has already made breakfast for Peter. And he asks Peter three things. In fact, they have to do with his future ministry of tending the sheep, feeding the sheep, feeding the lambs. Jesus never gave up on Peter. And yet we know that in Peter, there was that bit of um, recognizing where he was wrong and repenting before the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, if it was probably you and me, and that Peter denied us three times, and we know that he's gone out on the boat now to fish, you know what we'd say? You know, I am so glad he went back to fishing. I should have never chose him in the first place. What a loser. I would invest three and a half years of my life. I would pull him into the inner circle. He walked on water. If you remember, the disciples are sent out two different times. And so we know that Peter, uh, in one of them, came back and he had cast out demons. He had healed the sick. He had been involved in ministry, He'd been involved in feeding the thousands. And now he did that. Yeah, you and I, we'd say, you know what? You just go on fishing. We're done with you. In fact, I hope you fish on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and I don't have to think of you ever again. I don't ever wanna hear the word Simon. I don't ever wanna hear the word Peter. I don't ever wanna hear it again. That wasn't how Jesus responded. In fact, Peter gives us this insight into the heart of God the Father. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, don't forget the next verse. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. In fact, Peter goes right in it. Remember, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat, both the earth and the works and all that were, are in it will be bur- burned up. The Lord is not slack. You know, when we had the gentleman at our church uh, two different times, Bill Weiss, and you can actually go back through our podcast and listen to him. You can look him up. Soul, uh, uh, Bill Weiss, Bill and Annette Weiss, where he uh, experienced 23 minutes in hell. And I'll never forget him telling me these words he says you know when uh, when a celebrity dies because when a celebrity dies it's all over the it's all over the news it's all over the internet i always go and i look up is there any faith in their life that they follow jesus as their lord and savior because if i don't find any i only experienced for 23 minutes what now they they will experience for eternity you know it seems like every day uh, throughout our news cycles we read about a name that we know that passed away or committed suicide and i often think of that that the lord was long suffering towards that individual that they didn't have to perish that way but he gave us that ability to choose and peter chooses to get on back on track with jesus and i think it's important for us even if you're a christian to remember that when Jesus spoke to the seven churches in Asia one of the things that he spoke to the church Christians was this very word out of Revelation chapter 2 verse 4 nevertheless i have this against you that you left your first love who's their first love him again we started off with the bit of knowing that um A true disciple of Jesus is following that teaching of repent and believe the gospel, not living in pride, examining our heart, being humble before the Lord, watching Peter, you know, probably a prideful, strong personality, have to come to himself, and Jesus never gave up on Peter. You know, Peter, we read in Acts preaches the first sermon and 3000 people accept Jesus that day. That's Peter. And yet he was probably willing to walk away from it all because he denied the Lord, but Jesus never gave up on him. Jesus is the one knocking on the door of our hearts. Jesus is the one taking this hard heart and making it flesh, making sure that we're living a repentant life knowing that we live in this world, in this flesh, and this flesh wants to think things and do things, but it's the spirit of us that is tender before the Lord, listening to the voice of the, of the Holy Spirit, being a person that repents. Remember, repenting is not a word of, of weakness. It's a word of power and of action. It's getting back into alignment with God. You know, it's getting back into fellowship with God. And you know what, it's not hard to do, but it's hard to live it out. So I want us to pray today, in fact, uh, maybe you need to take a few minutes and examine your heart. Or maybe you finish uh, this message today and you take some time and you go back through these verses. And you go back and you look at people in in the Bible that um, is the example of God coming to them. They just needed to come to themselves. And how how the father restored the son, the prodigal son, how Jesus restored Peter, Jesus restored Thomas, Jesus restored Saul. I mean, we go through all the Bible. Jesus restores us if we'll humble ourselves before him, if we'll repent and return, I don't ever want to hear the rooster crow and cockadoo. I don't want to hear that. I want to make sure I hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter the joy of your rest. You know, if you've been listening today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, it is the most important prayer that you'll ever make. It's why Jesus came. In fact, it's the jumpstart to your spiritual life. And I want to lead you in a prayer. In fact, it is a prayer And in Romans chapter 10, verse nine and 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. The Bible says what goes into effect is your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Think of it as your reservation in heaven. And as we read earlier, uh, there's joy in heaven because a sinner found repentance and everybody is excited. But pray this prayer today with me, would you? Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I confess and accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today, I begin my relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In fact, one of the most important things to do, next couple steps, is either reach out to us. You can go to our website, click on the contact form, or go through the social media platforms that you're watching. And as many people have done, reach out and say, I just asked Jesus into my heart. Or I so encourage you to find somebody. There's probably somebody in your life that you know, and they've maybe talked to you about Jesus, and maybe you've turned them off, but would you get a hold of them today and let them know what you did? And we'll continue to pray for you. And you made the most important decision of your life. You are now a follower, a disciple, but follow Jesus with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. Well, as we receive our tithes and our offerings today, I want to read this one verse out of Psalm chapter 37, verse 4 delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. You know, when I read this verse, I remember first place that I need to delight myself in the Lord. That means I'm following what he says. My heart is in tune to his heart. I'm a person that follows his words and he'll give you the desires of your heart. But notice what comes first. My delight is found in him. My delight is following him. So as you give today, whether you give online, through the mail, or however you do it, before we give, let's pray today and let's believe that God goes into action when we pray and when we believe. Let's pray this together. As I give in today's offering, I give because God first gave to me. God has given me his love and forgiveness. He has given me all things that pertain to life and godliness. I give with thankfulness out of what God has already given to me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Pray it with me. Amen. Now, if you're giving today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. On the top right section, uh, you can click the Give button. It's fast it's safe and it's secure. You'll actually get an email letting you know of of your gift and um, a verse that we're praying over all the people that give online. You can also write to us Hills church, our Hills church and our uh, PO box is six, six, one, four, one, nine, Arcadia, California, nine, one, zero, six, six. And we thank you for your support of the ministry at the Hills church in Arcadia. Well, Keep up with us. You can do so through our website, social media. If you're in the Arcadia area, we'd love to have you come to one of our in-person services to meet you, follow up on our men's breakfast, on events that will be coming up. And as we do each and every week, we end with this verse, Psalm 121, one and two, I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? Where does your help come from today? Where does your help come from this week? Your help, my help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. The Lord bless you. We are praying for you. Know that God is always for you. He's not against you. Have a blessed day and let Jesus be your Lord today, tomorrow, and this entire life that we live together in Jesus' name, amen.